Hoyer's Live Sports Show with Benjamin Denton and Cody Hoyle. They were coming at you live from the WKNC studios on the beautiful, awesome, amazing, fantastic campus of North Carolina State University on 88.1 WKNC HD1 FM. Benjamin Denton. I'm Cody Hoyle. And we are absolutely stoked, thrilled, ecstatic to be coming at you live on one of the premier college radio stations in the nation. Keeping you up to date with the latest and the greatest with all the NC State sports. Explosion. John is out this week, as you can tell. Cody Hoyle is in. John will be right back next week, so we have a substitute. Cody Hoyle is a good friend of mine. Cody, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good. So for those of the listeners that don't know you, let's learn about you, Cody. So uh, what year are you here at NC State, and what's your major? Well, I'm a senior, and I'm a, you know, I'm a rock star man in geology. <laughs> wow. Props on the pun. I like it. I like it. Okay, so I know, Co- I know Cody from uh, Mutual Friends and Improv as well, so Cody's hilarious when he does that. And he is a specialist in fighting. Cody has multiple times threatened to beat me up, and that's fine. You know what? That may or may not involve why he got on the show today. But uh, we're going to talk about a lot today. We're going to talk about rifle, um, swimming and diving, wrestling. At the end of the show, we're going to talk about what Cody's specialty is, and that's baseball. And we're going to talk about, um, uh, and as well as MMA fighting and WWE, because that's what Cody's passionate about. We're also going to talk about women's basketball, still undefeated boy, and the men's basketball team suffered an unfortunate loss last night, but that's no worries, as we will talk about later in the program. So, Cody, where are you from, by the way, exactly? Oh, I'm from Kayser, North Carolina. It's in the middle of everywhere, also known as the middle of nowhere. So it's in the mountains. Uh, that's right. Okay, all right. I was just checking, because I, I had actually forgot. So we're going to start off today's program by talking about Swimming, swimming and diving. So we had a meet against UNC Chapel Hill, and um, we beat them handily in both the men's and the women's side of the pool. The ninth-ranked women's team won 197-97 to over the 24th-ranked Tar Heels, and the number six in the country, the men's team, won 193-101. to And this was the fourth sweep in a row of us beating UNC in both men's and women's in swimming. We own the pool when we play the UNC Tar Heels. So in the first meet of her young career at NC State, Kylie Allons earned a team best three individual first place finishes for the Wolfpack in the 200-yard uh, butterfly. She had a time of 157.94, just .3 seconds short of tying a program record, and she is just a freshman. She also placed first in the 100-yard freestyle with a time of 49 seconds flat, and the 100-yard butterfly was 53.63. Um, other Wolfpack women to win multiple events were Emma Muzzy, as she won the 100- and 200-yard backstroke, and Julia Poole won the 200-yard freestyle and 200-yard individual medley. So the Wolfpack women also saw two new pool records. Um, over the weekend, Muzzy brought down the pool, per, her personal record in the 100-yard backstroke, and she had the 53.1. That was a pool record, as well as Kylie Perry reset her own pool record in the 50-yard freestyle with a time of 
26.27. For distance, NC State's distance swimmers um, both won men's and women's in the 1,000-yard freestyle races. Pamela Holub led the Wolfpack with a time of 9.53.65. It was followed by Anna Johns and Summer Finke in the top three. Johns also got a first-place finish in the 500-yard freestyle with a time of 4.54.93. Cody, have you ever had to swim 500 yards? Oh, I never had to go that far, man. <laughs> well, when I lifeguarded at the city pool, they had us swim a 500 every pay period. So we had to get a super, like just someone to sign off that they watched us swim it just so we would stay in shape. And I'm not lying to you. When I rushed myself, it took me 15 minutes to swim 500 yards. And that's rushing myself. And um, Jan's over here got 454.93. These, these swimmers are insane. So what happened on the men's side, Cody? Well... Jack McIntyre, Gil Keisler, and Danny Erlemeyer, uh, they uh, rounded out the 1,000-yard freestyle podium, and they swept all the individual first individual events of the afternoon. And the senior captain, uh, Andreas v- Vizios. Vizios. Yeah. He's, uh, he's Greek, by the way. Uh, he got a pair of first-place finishes in the 100-yard backstroke in 47.53, and the 200-yard individual medley at a minute 46.03. You don't know this as much because you don't follow swimming as much, but Andreas Vizayos is one of the best swimmers in the country and will most certainly be in the Olympics competing for his home nation of Greece in the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. By the way, class of 2020, that's best class, Cody. Don't say anything about that. Moving on, uh, diving in her first home meet of the season, freshman Taylor Bennett finished on the top two on both the one-meter and the three-meter boards as she started her outing, placing second in the three-meter board with uh, 268.35 as her score. And then she won the one-meter board with a score of 270.9, and that was also a personal best in a zone qualifying mark, which is to do with postseason qualifications. Madeline Klein also picked up a pair of top two finishes at at the one-meter and the three-meter, so they kind of switched off there for the women's diving. What happened on the men's side of the diving, Cody? Uh, James Brady and Holt Gray uh, both traded first-place finishes between them, with Gary picking up the win in the three-meter and uh, Brady picking up first in the one-meter board. Yep, and so in the replay, both the men's and women's got first in the 200-yard medley relay uh, to open the meet. And for those of you who don't know, NC State relay, that's our shtick. That's what we do. We have won uh, multiple national championships in, I think it's the 800 free in the 400 free over the last few years. And so that's not going to change anytime soon, especially when we're playing a school as, you know, like frankly as bad as UNC is in the pool. And I'm not even going to sugarcoat that, Cody. Elias Hahn, Sophie Hansen, Serena, Serena Rowe, and Kylie Perry were the, uh, I guess, I don't I forgot the word for four people because it's trio if it's three. Do you know the word for four? A quartet. A quartet. They were the quartet that had a time of 138.07 for the women and for the men, Andreas Vasayus, Daniel Graber, Justin Ress, and Kobe, Gar- Kobe Garcia followed suit with a time of 127.35. Kylie Ahrens and uh, Madeline Klein and Andreas Vasayus were all named ACC Performers of the Week for their efforts against UNC. So not only did we spank UNC, which is always a positive, we got some individual recognition for our athletes as well. Top 25 in the uh, was released after this meet, well, since this meet, before this show. Um, the College Swimming and Diving Coaches Association of America 
Or if you're cool, the CA the CSCAA has released its latest top 25 poll, and both the men's and women's team moved up. Men moved from 6 to 5, and the women moved from 9 all the way up to 6. So a program where both the men's and women's are in the top 6 nationally is really, really phenomenal. So up next, um, we will have our second and also, sadly, our final home meet of the year. That's tomorrow in the Aquatic Center on campus, and we're hosting the Cavaliers of Virginia. And um, hopefully they won't be as good as UNC, so we'll even beat them by even more. So sadly, that is the last dual meet of the season, where dual as in both the men's and women's will compete in the same meet. And then it's also the last home meet of the year. So this is your last chance to go see NC State's absolutely phenomenal uh, swimming and diving team. What do we got next, Cody? Well, in the the rifle competition... Emily Fisher and Claire Spina set career-high marks against Navy, who's number eight in the nation. But sadly, uh, Navy, they're number eight for a reason. Uh, 460, uh, 46-44 to 46-25 on Saturday at the Nebraska Rifle Range. Yeah, so only a 19-point differential quick mass for the, um, the rifle. And again, with 4,800 points, being the max score, 19 points is actually a very, very close match. The midshipmen had a score of 22.99 in small bore and 23.45 in air rifle compared to NC State's 22.88 and 23.37. So we were outscored by 11 in uh, small bore and by 7 in air rifle. So just barely. So a very, very even match for both teams. Yeah, and with that, NC State moves to three wins, five losses on the year and 2-5 and five in Great American Rifle Conference matches, while Navy currently is 8-4 and 4-2 and four and two in conference matches. Yeah, so some notes about the match. Uh, Spina led all shooters in small war competition with a career best of 583 points. Again, for those of you who are, may not be familiar, that's out of 600 points for individual. You get 100 points for, for how you compete in the, in, the, in the weapon. So you have three positions of prone, which is on your stomach, kneeling, and standing. And it's 100 points each of those, and you do each of those twice. So that's your 600 points. And so she had a 583 out of 600. She had two perfect series in the prone position and a 98 in her first series in kneeling. So right there in three of the six, she had 298 points out of 300. So a really good showing from Claire Spiner, our best shooter on the rifle team. Uh, Fisher tallied the next highest mark for NC State um, rifle with a career-high mark of 574, and she's just a freshman from Fairfax, Virginia. Yeah, she got a perfect first series in the prone and then a 99 in the second series. Yeah, so our best two shooters on the day really killed it in the prone um, position there for the rifle team. Uh, Will Mersenak notched a score for the men of five. Well, it's co-ed. I don't know why I said for the men. It's co-ed in rifle, which is pretty cool, I think. He had a score of 566, while Aaron Tinter finished right behind him with a score of 565. Well, Claire Zanti had a perfect second series in prone and earned a 564, with Zach Eisenberg rounding up the lineup with a score of 560. Yeah, so that's all we have for a small board moving on. An air rifle, Spina also led the way for the Wolf Pack with a score of 587 and finished third overall in the competition. Fisher took fifth overall in the competition, only two points behind with 585, thanks to a score of 99 on her first, third, and fifth series. Marciniak and Eisenberg both got, uh, both uh, individually got 
583 and 582 respectively, with Tenter earning a 576 and Zanti getting a 570 in that rifle. Aggregate notes totals. uh, Spino is the top individual performer in the match with an aggregate score of 1,170 out of a possible 1,200. And that's a personal record for the senior. And Fisher matched her career high as a freshman with 1,159, and she finished fourth in the individual standings. So that wasn't enough against Navy. And unfortunately, our next match of the doubleheader was against the host, Nebraska. And that one we also came up short in, losing 4,627 to 4,606. So again, the last two matches, losing by an average of 20 points out of 4,800. So two really close losses for the NC State rifle team. We had a team score of 2,281 in small bore and 2,325 in air rifle for our aggregate total. And then Nebraska actually had... 2,288 in small bore and 2,339 in air rifle. And with that, the pack fell to 3-6. and six, And in the Great American Rifle Conference, 2-6. and six, The Cornhuskers, 6-5 and five, and 4-3 and three against their conference opponents. Yeah, so after covering this for a while, me and John have come to realize the reason that, you know, we're 3-6 and six on the year but still ranked is because not a lot of teams actually have rifle teams. Not a lot of colleges, anyway. So pretty much the Greater American Rifle Conference is just basically everyone that has like a Division One rifle team. Because so we lost there, and up next we're going to the Citadel, and uh, that's going to be on Saturday, February 2nd, so the day before the Super Bowl, and that's going to be in Charleston, South Carolina, of course, where the Citadel is located. Beautiful city, Charleston. You've been there? No. Well, stayed on an aircraft carrier in the harbor. Wait, what? You were on an aircraft carrier? Yeah, they got a whole aircraft carrier parked in the harbor in like a submarine. Yeah, I camped out on it. Wait, so what was this with? Like, did you pay or is this with like Boy Scouts or something? It was with Boy Scouts, but also had to pay. So it's the best of both worlds. So how long did you get to stay on the carrier? Uh, it's like two nights, three days. What, I, do they, what do they have on that? Well, they got like, they have the capsule from one of the Apollo missions from where it returned from the moon. Wait, the successful one, Apollo 11? Well, there no, was, no, no, it was 13 that, that Apollo 11 was they made the movie on, but 13 was the one that actually did it, if you believe in that. No, it was Apollo 11, 12, 14, 15, 16, and 17 were successful, and Apollo 13 was the one that did not land on the moon, but they made the movie Apollo 13 on. Wait, so Apollo, wait, 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 hold up. I'm pretty sure it was Apollo 11 that they made the movie on. The newest movie, First Man, was about Apollo 11. The movie oh. Apollo 13 is one of Tom Hanks where he doesn't get okay, to go okay. on the moon. Yeah, I, was, I was confused there. It's not the first time I've been confused on the show. That's pretty cool. I've never got to stay on an aircraft carrier in a submarine. Wait, did you actually get to go? Like, did they go in the submarine? Like, did you move it all or is it just there? It was just, it was just well, they had to float it in on airbags and then they like removed all the air from the airbags and it sunk down. So actually the submarine is about 10 foot deep in mud. But you can, like, climb in it, but you can't stay on it overnight. But you wouldn't want to. You have to be—the average height is, like, five foot seven in all the, like, ceilings. You have to be pretty short. Wait, what? If you're taller than six foot, the Navy doesn't even put you on a submarine. Wow. I didn't even realize I couldn't even go on a submarine if I wanted to. Subtle flex right there, above six feet, guys. Anyway, um, moving on, we have gymnastics— and we have an upcoming match. We don't have uh, scores to tell you guys, but we did have an upcoming match against UNC. That's going to be Friday. That's today. That's going to be at UNC Chapel Hill. So you guys could drive to Chapel Hill at 7 o'clock today to go watch the gymnastics. 
And uh, another note about uh, NC State gym- Gymnastics, as Drew Grantham was named the Eagle Gymnast of the Week for the second consecutive week after claiming the all-around title in a quad meet at Townsend, William & Mary, and Cornell um, last Friday. So there you go with gymnastics. Now, a little closer to Cody's expertise, we have wrestling up next. We had a match against Drexel, which we won 25-16. to 16. Yep, and the winners of all their bouts are Zurich Storm, Jamal Morris, Hayden Heidley, Justin Oliver, Daniel Bullard, and Malik McDonald. Yep, up next for wrestling, they will have a four-match homestand next weekend, start of ACC action, which is actually this weekend, which is starting tonight at 7 p.m. in Reynolds Coliseum as they will host Duke. That's at 7 o'clock, so actually might go to that. We'll see. We'll see. That's all we have for the first section of the program where we talk about non-revenue sports. We're going to take a song break, and uh, this song was selected by Cody. So when we come back, we'll talk about uh, men's and women's basketball. Cody, uh, what's, what's this song? What's the synopsis on this? This is a, the Get Higher song. Oh, Paper Tongues, local band out of Charlotte. I live near Charlotte. This thing's a banger. We'll be right back. Hi guys, it's Packus Life Sports Show. Cody Hoyle substituting for John. I'm here too. Benjamin is here as well. Uh, that was Get Higher by the Paper Tongues. That was Cody's selection. We're going to play one of my songs later, and then we might play one of Cody's other ones. And of course, mine's going to be better, because normally John's the one that has the good music on the show, Cody. But now that you're on the show, which means I get to have good music, because you know we all know your taste in music is just terrible. And with that, we'll go to women's basketball. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, Cody. I'm, I'm just kidding. Women's basketball is still undefeated. 19-0 record after close wins against VTech and Clemson. Against Virginia, beat the Hokies 70-61 to to remain the lone undefeated D1 women's basketball team in America. Also men's basketball team as well because there's no men's team that is undefeated. Me and John went to this game. Reynolds Coliseum gets rocking. The pack were led from 25 points from Kiara Leslie and 20 from Aislinn Koenig. Koenig did not come off the floor in a 45-minute overtime thriller, and Leslie only sat out one minute. These two players just took over the game. You know, uh, we led most of the second half, and then we were down. We kind of blew it a little bit. 58-57. With 89 seconds left in regulation after the Hokies scored. And then we immediately answered because you could you could kind of feel the momentum swing in the building a little bit because we had led the entire game just about. But then D.D. Rogers, a senior, came down and scored a layup to give us the lead for good. 59-58 to 58 with 62 seconds left. We forced a miss from Virginia Tech because their best player, Emery, was having a really off night. Like, she could ball. You could tell she could ball, but she was missing everything. She was like one for eight down the stretch. She didn't make anything, but she kept taking shots, which I was glad because Virginia Tech felt like they could have beat us. So Emery steals the inbounds pass. We were undefeated, and we almost blew this. She stole the inbounds pass and drove to the basket, and we fouled her with six seconds to go. Listen to this, Cody. Undefeated. We put someone on the foul line, up one, shooting two with six seconds to go after having the ball. 
We had no right to still win this game. No right at all. Lucky for us, Emery was not shooting well because she made the first but missed the second. We immediately called timeout, got the ball at half court because apparently that's a rule in women's basketball, which is not in men's college basketball, which I kind of like. I wish the men's college game did that as well, as well as having the quarters. That was actually really cool to have quarters because the men's game has five breaks, like under 16, under 12, under 8, under 4, so four breaks, I guess. But the women's have the quarters. There's a break in the quarters, of course, and then under five minutes left, there's a break. So I think there's one less commercial break, which is probably why we won't see it in the men's game. But I actually like it way better having a four-quarter system. Of course, um, when when we were we had the ball tied, five seconds left, we kind of ran a screen because Koenig and Leslie had just had just slaughtered Virginia Tech the whole game. Got 45 out of our 59 points to that point. So Virginia Tech was shutting them down and ended up with Rodgers looking for both of them. Couldn't find either, and so she just drove to the basket and took an off-balance shot. Went to overtime, and we outscored them 11-2, to shutting them down in the second uh, part of overtime, scoring 9 to nothing down the stretch. That was a lot. I was super excited to go to that game. That was the Virginia Tech game. 18-0 and to that point on the year, and we remained undefeated. Next game against Clemson. We also, I think this was earlier this week, we won another close game, 54-51. to And this was a really uh, a good game because that featured four ties and 11 lead changes. And the Wolfpack had a 50-39 to lead with eight minutes to go in the contest before going cold from the field. Clemson had a 12 to nothing run over the next three minutes and 37 seconds and took the lead. So once again, same thing as the Virginia Tech game, we saw we had the lead, and then Clemson, the other team comes back and takes the lead very, very briefly to make us get our act together. But from that point on, man, our defense rallied, man, forcing the Tigers to go 0-10 and 10 from the field for the rest of the game. Yeah, so NC State reclaimed the lead, 145 remaining when Ace Koenig scored a layup on, and then on an Erica Castle assist and extended that advantage to 54-51 when Leslie scored on a great pass from Koenig with 47 seconds to go. And it was just a matter. We had an inbound with five seconds left, up three. So they needed to steal, and we got the ball in. And that's how we put the game away. D.D. Rogers led the Wolfpack with her first career double-double. 11 points, 15 rebounds. Getting the work in in the paint, man. You got to love it. You got to love it. But she wasn't the only one with double-figure points that night. Kyrie Leslie, 13 points. Elisa Kunane, Kunane. Kunane, 11 points, and Erica Cassell, 10 points. You said Kyrie. That's funny. I'm just I'm just poke fun a little bit. It's Kiara, but like it's like Kyrie. Like Kyrie Irving. I'm, I'm just giving you I'm just giving you stuff, Cody. That was good. That was good. So we also out rebounded Clemson 48 to 35 after almost doubling up Virginia Tech on the boards the previous game. Undefeated, 19 and 0. And we're out-rebounding teams by a lot. And, man, after watching this team play, Ace Koenig runs the show. She doesn't, like, literally she never came off the floor in the Virginia Tech game. We give her the ball every time going up the court. But we're also really versatile. Leslie gets a lot of rebounds because she's a pretty big player and very physical. But she also can handle, like, she could play points. She's like a point forward. She's like Ben Simmons for the women's game. Or John compared it to Paul George. And again, once again, if you're just tuning in, Cody is in for John this week. But John compared her to Paul George, and he's much better with the player comparisons. 
than I am. But this team is super exciting to watch. And again, undefeated, no other team in college basketball in Division One across the entire nation is undefeated. But that's all we have for women's basketball. But here we go to men's basketball. Last night we went up, went up against Louisville, but we lost. 84-77. to 77. But we were against the top 25 team. Benjamin, what are your thoughts on the Louisville game? Well, first of all, it's not that bad of a loss. We had over 20 turnovers in the game. I watched it. So that was not good. Louisville was also got quite a bit of points off of our turnovers. It became really obvious to me. We also were without Markel Johnson once again as he remains out and day-to-day. We really, really missed Markel because a lot of this game, what NC State was moving the ball very well and scoring when we needed baskets. C.J. Bryce stepped up. Devin Daniels stepped up. D.J. Funderburg stepped up on defense, although we had to deal with a lot of foul trouble. Um, and a very, very raucous, a raucous cloud, uh, crowd. I've, I don't know why, but I've always thought the word raucous was raucous. And it wasn't, it wasn't until I, it was on this show I said raucous and John made fun of me. Apparently it's raucous. Yeah, a similar problem as me. English is both my first, second, and third language. Oh, same. We have that in common. <laughs> <laughs> in common, Cody. Anyway, don't don't lose. Don't don't. The just the sky's not falling in, guys. Don't lose your head over a loss on the road to another top twenty-five team. Louisville is five and one in the league, so well on their way to probably getting that double buy in the ACC tournament. But again, three-game road trip. Losing, losing at Louisville is not that big a deal in and of itself, especially considering minus Marco Johnson, and we played admirably down the stretch. It wasn't until the very end when we needed buckets, we needed a guy to say, all right, I'm going to get buckets, which is what Markel does. We didn't have that, and no one stepped up right in crunch time. C.J. Bryce hit a three to pull us within 69-70, to 70, and that was as close as we got down the stretch and uh, had a couple of dumb turnovers on offense. Braxton Beverly had a pass to Bryce that just Bryce was boxing out the guy half court, and then the ball just dribbled right out of bounds because he just miscommunication. The offense just w- wasn't running smoothly. And again, credit to Louisville. They're a very good defensive team. They're a good team. They had a good home crowd. Their bigs could shoot, which really threw us off, I think, because Wyatt Walker doesn't defend the pick and roll that amazing. He doesn't really roll that well, and our bigs aren't usually used to guarding other other teams' bigs that far out on the court. Besides, we only have two anyway to begin with. So up next we have a home game against Clemson. I think that's tomorrow at 2 o'clock if I'm not mistaken. If I am, it's too bad. You guys can Google it. That's right. Do you watch basketball that much, Cody? Uh, I'll be honest, man. Basketball, college basketball, I watch it in March, watch from ACC tournament, and I watch the NCAA tournament. Wait, do you do the bracket pools? I do, I do the NCAA brackets, yeah. I usually do the ESPN one. Have you ever won one? No. Normally, well, back when Florida Gulf Coast used to make a run pretty far into the tournament, I'd always put them just because I, I was there for the memes. Yeah, RIP to Florida Gulf Coast. They're still not bad. They're still not bad right now, but like we'll see. We'll see. We're going to take another song break, and this one is a song selected by me, so you guys will obviously know that it's going to be better. Then the song Cody selected, but we'll, when we get back, we're gonna get something, talk about something much more in Cody's wheelhouse with MMA, UFC, baseball. What's going on with Bryce Harper? So you guys come right on back. This is Summer Sun.
Packers Live Sports Show. Benjamin Denton, Cody Hoyle coming at you live on 88.1 WKNC. You can follow the show on Twitter at Packers Life NCSU. Support the show. If you know me or Cody, you can always text us and we'll check our phones during the commercial break. Shout out to my boy Jeremy. Really digging the paper tongues. Threw me a shout out for that, yo. Throw a shout back out to you. Thanks for listening, Jeremy. Also, Evan liked my song, so shout-outs to Evan as well. Shout to Alex. <laughs> okay, let's just shout-out to everybody, everybody we know. But all right, so for you guys familiar with the show, this last segment is when we get to talk about whatever we want to talk about. And since Cody is the local expert on uh, MMA and fighting and all anything fighting, first of all, Cody, let me ask you something. I already know what you're going to say, but I want to ask anyway. You and me, 1v1, in in like a in like um any kind of like uh, any kind of fighting who would you take me you got to believe in yourself okay i also would take you as well i would take you very easily um that's fine so we'll move on from that i i would lose very badly to cody he may or may not have threatened me to get on the show it's fine so mma and ufc so, what's what's the latest on that, Cody? Well, UFC signed a new deal to show on ESPN. Had their first show ever on ESPN. Did record-breaking numbers for regular TV MMA. Uh, in the prelims, the main event was Alexander Hernandez versus the People's Champ, a man tougher than a $2 steak, the Cowboy <laughs> Donald Cerrone. But we'll come back to him because he, he may be the biggest winner of this whole event. So... Why is it, a, is, it a, is it a big deal that it's on ESPN on regular TV? Well, it was on Fox and Fox Sports 1, but ESPN just started ESPN Plus streaming service. So looking for content, they picked it up. I believe they paid around $4 billion for a... What? I want to say $4 billion for a four-year contract. It was a large amount of money. It was more than, more than Fox was paying them, so... So they're banking. ESPN is banking on that UFC is going to be a lot more mainstream than it is right now. They're trying to like get it up and coming as a mainstream sport that Americans well, watch. Well, it's already mainstream. They're just trying to take it to the next level. I think I think it did reach about the level it could get with Fox. It put into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to get this put even further into the mainstream where it's being talked about on the street by everybody. So who's the guy that's tougher than a $2 steak? Oh, Cowboy Donald Cerrone, man. Perhaps the best fighter in UFC history to not be a champion. So who? All right. So you say to not be a champion. So when you say UFC fighter, first guy that comes to my mind is Conor McGregor. So he was a champion. Conor lost to Khabib Nurmagomedov, but Conor McGregor is challenging Donald Cerrone to a match after Donald Cerrone's wonderful preliminary main event win. But that wasn't even the biggest fight of this card. The main event, a super fight, champion versus champion, T.J. Dillashaw, 135-pound champion, Henry Cueto, 125-pound champion. Rumors saying the 125 division might be axed. Those guys will have to go get a job elsewhere. Or gain weight. Or gain weight. (laughs) But T.J. dropped 10 pounds to fight the champion. He said he was going to take the title. That weight cut took off more than 10 pounds from him. He didn't have much fight in him during the fight. Knocked out, I believe, in the first round. What? Yeah, took a nasty head kick. 
So what's it when when fighters change weight classes? Is it a rule that the heavier guy has to come down, or can the can the lighter guy go up to his weight class? No, a lighter guy can come up. Which I'm glad you brought that up because Henry Cueto is saying he's going to move up to 135 to have another champion versus champion fight against TJ to take TJ's title. But in that case, if he wins the 135 title, the 125 division is gone. So it's just another example of this division's gone either way. Oh, okay. So what happened was. Because they fought at 125, it was over the 125 belt. Yes. And if he moves up to 135, TJ, even though he got his butt kicked, he still has that title. Uh, in my personal opinion, TJ would knock Henry out cold at 135. TJ's a monster at 135. Big 135-pounder. So why, So 10 pounds in fighting, why is that that much of a difference? Okay. Well, first of all, the weight cut. TJ Dillashaw weighs... 135 coming in to weigh in. Mm-hmm. But when he comes to fight the next day, he might walk in at 155. He'll hydrate 20 pounds water weight overnight. There's a science to it. Like, Conor McGregor, he walks around on the street around 180. When he goes to the octagon, he fights at 155. He'll cut 30 pounds of weight to get down to fight. But he'll come back in into like the octagon at 175 to fight. Like, you cut weight and then rehydrate to come back in. The idea is to lose as much weight as possible to have as much power as possible without cutting your cardio and power. Oh, and so since you're already cutting like 20, 25 pounds on weigh-in, to drop down a weight class, you're actually losing power when you drop in that extra 10 pounds because you're already getting the bare minimum at 135. Yeah, Dillashaw, he's normally really jacked dude, distinctive lats and traps. He came in, he he looked like a man who hadn't, Drink a glass of water in about a week. It looks like you, Cody. Oh, roasted. No, I'm, I'm just playing, Cody. Don't, 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 don't come across the table and beat me up. Yeah. So, it's a pretty, pretty good fight. So, what about, um, what about Ronda Rousey in the WWE? I've been seeing some headlines about her. So, what's, what's the latest Ronda Rousey? The current rumor in the rumor mill is after WrestleMania in New Orleans, I believe. No, it's in New York City, I believe. Ronda Rousey will be out of pro wrestling. So, what is she gonna do after that? Probably go back into acting. She was in, uh, I believe, Expendables 3. But then uh, after she lost, she kind of went downhill. She had uh, some mental health problems that she had to solve. Okay, yeah, because I remember um, she was undefeated for a long time. And kind of what goes into whether a fighter gets mainstream is not necessarily, not always how good they are. It's It kind of, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, it kind of is a factor of also how good they are, but how entertaining are they. Which is why the face of UFC is Conor McGregor, even though it's like his last two fights, he's gotten beaten. Uh, he lost two of his last three. Two of his last three. Yeah, like Conor McGregor, is he the best fighter? No, but he's the fighter people want to pay money to see, so he's put on the face of the video game. Same as Ronda Rousey. She put women's MMA from obscure, middle-of-nowhere fighting in high school gyms to selling out entire arenas just to see her fight. Just one name. Just one name, Ronda Rousey. Wow. So what has she done in the WWE? I believe she's currently the uh, WWE Women's Champion. So uh, she did a pretty good transfer over from from a real sport to entertainment. Oh, okay. So th- this is a good question I have. You're you're someone who's very passionate about WWE and following along all those storylines. If I say to you, that's not a sport, what is your reply to that? You're right. It's not a sport, like. But what else are we going to talk about? It's athletes doing athletic endeavors in a form of theater. 
we we couldn't talk about this. Like we're not going to put pro wrestling. Did in you this. know it's fake? Yes, I, yes, I I know it's predetermined. It's a form of <laughs> theater. But are we going to talk about the pro wrestling on a show about ballet? Or are we going to talk about pro wrestling on a sport about boxing or something? You gotta it fits in more with MMA, even though it is a form of entertainment. Yeah, that's something that once I real I used to be like I didn't enjoy watching it at all because I'm like this the outcome's already predetermined. But if you think about it as a genre of theater, not unlike improv, which both Cody and I do, genre of theater, but if you think about it as a genre of theater, a performance, then it's actually really amazing. Oh, and they're they're very athletic though. Like if you they combine Hollywood stuntmen, acrobatics, theater, and they do get hurt fairly often. Uh world power uh, I believe he was a strongman Braun Strowman. He uh, recently had his pec tore off his chest. Had to go get his surgery about that. He's about to return back to WWE. I believe he has returned actually. Like minus the pec or did he get it back? No, oh, he got reattached. <laughs> So Dan, I'm sorry. That joke was probably in bad taste. All right, all right. So, moving on, something else that we were going to talk about, since you're knowledgeable on it, something you and I were talking about before the show, is that the government, sh- the government shutdown, could affect something in sports. Well, uh, I, I, not really a sport. It could affect New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, what is New Japan Pro Wrestling? Well, if WWE is number one then New Japan's number two in the world. But they were beginning to do a U.S. expansion right now. However, they're split their roster into two touring groups. So while people in America weren't expecting large names such as Kazuchika Okada or Naito, we were expecting some lower names such as Will Ospreay, best British wrestler alive today, and a guy named Ishii. But neither one of them can get their visa solved right now. So... It's kind of a local problem. I thought about going to their Charlotte show. They sold out, I believe, a 6,000-seat arena in about an hour in Charlotte. First time New Japan has came back to America since its renaissance on the East Coast. I thought about buying a ticket and driving down to Charlotte. Glad I didn't because I just saw the card and fans are disappointed. There is no major names on this card. Oh, so you're having to have – you paid for your ticket thinking you'd get big names – you're still getting the event, so you can't ask for a refund. Yes. But now your ticket is nowhere near as valuable as what you paid for it, so you can't even resell it. Yeah, like, like I didn't buy a ticket, though, but the people who did, they're very, they weren't expecting the number one or number two guy, but they were expecting, you know, four or five. No, they're getting about, like, nine or ten on the list of people who they want to see. So they're kind of disappointed. It may hurt their U.S. expansion, actually. They just opened up a new training facility in Los Angeles. But I don't know if they'll be able to tour the East Coast if this is the quality they're going to bring. So do you think that um, this New Japan Pro Wrestling could see a similar growth rate to like MMA saw with when, when you have names in the business? Well, I believe personally there's another company that just opened up, has got funding from the Jacksonville Jaguars owner. Mm-hmm. It's called All Elite Wrestling. They're shopping for a TV deal right now. It's ran by the largest wrestlers. These are wrestlers who make millions of dollars a year not wrestling in WWE, wrestling on their own terms, doing their own thing. Uh, the Young Bucks, Madnet Jackson, and Cody Rhodes are started a company, funding from Jacksonville Jaguars owner. They're looking for a TV deal. I think they're going to eat any market New Japan could have had in America. Anywhere New Japan could have had a business, I believe All Elite Wrestling is already going to move in there and set up shop. And get that market share. Wow. Get that big boy bucks. 
learning. We're getting the latest scoop on all of this thanks to uh, Cody Hoyle, uh, guest from the show, subbing in for John Hinton. So now you're more knowledgeable than you were when you did not listen. So that's why you should listen every week. And also, we appreciate you guys listening and taking time out of your week to listen. Follow us on Twitter at Packers Life NCSU. So you also, in addition to fighting, you do follow the Washington Nationals. And I don't care about the Nationals. And I don't think any of our listeners care about the Nationals, Cody. But what we do care about is Bryce Harper. So what's the latest with Bryce Harper? Well, people, last year Bryce Harper signed a one-year extension for the 2018 season with the Nationals. I believe it was $40 million for one-year works, people. He's getting, like we said, big boy bucks. Put a baseball in your kids' hands, guys. Baseball and a baseball bat. Well, after this, you might not want to. Because there was discussion that he wanted a $400 million eight-year deal. $50 million a year. Highest paid contract in baseball history. But the problem is, when he went to free agency, nobody's Biden. It looks like we might have reached a bubble on free agency salaries right now. So like a critical mass, because like, NFL quarterbacks keep getting paid more. And more and more. And pretty soon we're going to realize all the highest paid quarterbacks missed the playoffs because they couldn't build good teams around them. And so that's happening already in baseball. We're not going to pay so much for a star player that we can't build a good team around them. That's right. Uh, it just comes down to economics. If you can, you can spend $400 million on Bryce Harper and you get terrific player. But he, he played outfielders are a dime a dozen, just being honest. And while he does bring good batting in, Oh, this is another thing. He refused to play. The Yankees said, we could put you on first or third base. And he said, I want to play outfield. There's just no room for him. The outfield's already fit with people who have more power and better batting averages than Bryce put up in the last season. But it isn't just Bryce. Manny Machado is also up for free agency, and no one has got his contract. So, but I agree with him. Why would you spend $400 million on one player if I could get two or three great players or maybe expand my – it's always up to your pitching depth. You could spend money on pitchers or Bryce Harper. I'd rather have those pitchers. Yeah, and I don't even know a lot about baseball, but I would also rather have pitchers because you say so, Cody. But there you go. That's the latest scoop on what's happening in baseball free agency. Uh, spring training starts up in about a month, so we'll hear more about that when it gets closer to it. Finally, we're in that last home stretch of the show, and we're going to talk about the Super Bowl next week with John – but since Cody's here this week, I want to talk about the Super Bowl. Everyone's talking about it. So, Cody, who is going to win the Super Bowl? Well, I hate I hate to say it. it. It does break my heart. I believe the Patriots will win the Super Bowl. Who are you going to be pulling for? You know, out of spite, I'll pull for the Patriots because everyone— Why? Oh, dude, Why, Cody? Dude, it pays to be the bad guy. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It's 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 the Patriots. I don't—Cody. Hmm. It's just sad. You're a great guy. And and you just you just bring yourself down by by pulling for the Patriots. Why choose to associate yourself with a legacy of cheating and greatness? I pull for a winner. America loves a winner. No, America hates the the Patriots. But you're you're just you're just pulling for the Patriots to watch the world burn. That's right. <laughs> all right, well, I'm really going to be pulling for the Rams and I think the Rams are going to win. I also got like all the games wrong in the divisional round because I just picked who I wanted to win, so I'm not even I'm not an expert on that. I got a question for you: What's your favorite Super Bowl ad, off the top of your head? I would probably say the one where a large man in a mouse costume busts through a wall to get in Dorito. 
Oh, the Doritos commercial? Yeah, I, I love just that, the picture of a large man in a orange mouse costume running through a sheet of drywall. It's hard to beat that. Oh, yeah. That Kool-Aid man. Anyway, I like the um, I like the dog collar Doritos commercial. So you got to speak if you want Doritos. So I'm looking forward to see what they got um, this year. Last year's ads, I mean, they get they seem to get pretty good every year. Last, I, did, last, I, I think last year's was terrible. They had the, the Tide Pod ads. It was with, all, um, the guy from Stranger Things. Those were amazing. It's a Tide ad. Those it, were amazing. No, last year, everyone ran emotional ads. I don't want to have, like, a nice storybook ad going on of, like, this person was sad. And then they got a Hyundai Sinatra. I don't want to see that. I want to see, like... I'll tell you what. If it was a Hyundai Sinatra, I would buy it. Ben was sad. And then he got a Hyundai Sinatra. You, you know it's a Sonata, right? Dude, I just said English is my first, second, and third language. I would buy the Sinatra. That'd be actually really cool. Hyundai Veloster in. <laughs> what? All right, all right. Another question. If you were a baseball player, what's your walkout song that you're walking up to the bat, at bat? I would, I would probably choose a Raining Blood by Slayer, <laughs> or I would choose Corollis Rex by the power metal band Sabaton. I don't know either of those songs. Should I know those songs? Well, probably Raining Blood. Sabaton, that's a that's a power. They're pretty uh, obscure. Wow, flexing on me with your obscure music. You don't even care what my wa- walk-up song would be. Benjamin, if you were an MLB player, what would your walk-off song be? It's got to be Bell Bottoms, the opener that we play for this show. I don't think anything would get me more pumped than the opener for this show, the song that we play. No comments on that, Cody? Are you about to hate on bell bottoms? Because if you hate on bell bottoms, you're never ever coming on this show, and I don't care how much you threaten to beat me up. It was decent. It was decent. Okay. All right, Cody. All right. No, that's fine. Well, it's about that time, y'all. I really appreciate you guys listening, and Cody, I appreciate you for subbing in for John this week, so I didn't have to talk here all by myself. Thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah, and thank. I'm I'm glad you won't beat me up because I let you on the show. That's always good. I like to stay in good physical health. Oh, update, by the way. I did actually go to the doctor for my ankle, and John was definitely part of that, so I appreciate how much John really actually cared about how whether I was hurt or not. And I did actually get a high ankle sprain and foot contusion, so I partially uh, ripped the ligament off of the bone, just like very slightly. So I'm, I'm wearing a brace for the next couple weeks. I saw this man's ankle, and let me tell you, that thing was purple as Grimace. Like, the dude from the McDonald's commercials. Anyone else remember that? I, I don't, actually. Oh, uh, okay. I see what you did there, Cody. I see what you did there. I actually, I like that. I like that. But it was actually a, a quite purple ankle. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Packers Life Sports Show. You can follow us on Twitter, at Packers Life NCSU. I'm Benjamin Denton. I'm Cody Hoyle. Bye, y'all.